Hello and welcome to The Awkward Corner, a podcast where we're discussing everything and anything to do with design. My name's Stephen and with me today is Amy. Hello. And SJ. Hello. Um, today's topic is going to be retail, where we're going to have a little look about the future of retail, retail experience, retail design and how it's all working really in the, the coming years. Um, mm. How are we? Good. 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 Thank you. That's good to know. Um, I've got lots to say on this topic. Um, Shocking. So Mm. I think we probably just dive in. Get straight into it. Equally, I don't want to talk all the time, obviously. Um, But obviously, I have a vested interest in this with what I've been studying. But Mm -hmm. um, retail. Is there a future of retail? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I was going to... No. Add a subtext to that. But, um, <laughs> next, in... next. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Quick fire. Uh, quick fire. What else do you want to know? Um, in the conventional sense, do we think there is a future for retail as we know it then? Or is it going to change? Can we answer now? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's succinct. <laughs> And I'm here for that. I think it's one of those things that we know that um, in terms of the development of retail design and technology and how it's uh-huh. moving forward. Uh-huh. But there's, there's all, for me, there's always going to be the underlying principles of what retail can offer in the physical sense. Mm. Even if you combine it with VR. I think there's always a place for a traditional retail setting mm. yes, and that personal experience when you go into a store to buy something in particular. There is. There is. You're right. I think uh, it's the experience though, isn't it? it? I mean, what do you think the... Sorry, go on, Stephen. No, tell it's, us. It's, it's, uh, there'll always be a conventional because people have always shopped mm. in that sense because bartering way back in the day, shopping. You know, mm. people would go to a market... Trade. Why are you laughing? I don't know. One of You're my thinking about Stephen Barter. I'm just, I'm just thinking about you know. It's nice when he takes a trip down memory lane, isn't it? <laughs> They're in my medieval rags. Who will buy in my turnips? Good day, sir. Who will buy my Good turnips? Um, but it's true though. That's the whole like the essence of retail is consumer, isn't yeah. it? It's like buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. That's not going to disappear. But in terms of what we what retail, from a design point of view, is I think is becoming very challenging. And the only reason I say that is we've seen a massive decline in the department store. Yeah, and mm. that is a mecca. So forget shopping centres for the minute, but like the department store is a mecca, particularly in Britain. Which is yeah. sad. I think it's sad. I think it's sad actually because I think that. Do that, you? Yeah, I do. I do, and I only because I'm thinking about the uh, TV show, Mr. Selfridge. Mm. And I just served. like that. Yeah, you being so No, but that whole. People going shopping, they can get everything that they need in one place. This level of service that they would get. And again, it comes back to that, that level of personal mm. service. It's interesting you mentioned Selfridges, though, that Mr. Selfridge, mm. because that hasn't gone. No. No. But, whereas, but then when, they offer something completely different. Whereas when I they? talked about only oh, being served, that yeah. classic department store, which was still relevant in that Debenhams. sense. Debenhams. Debenhams, yeah. Debenhams, yeah. <laughs> Or House of Fraser. Fraser. You've got even BHS, not not quite the same capacity, but in a similar Mm. kind of thing because there's multiple concessions within it. The co-op. 
The they co-op used to is a have good big example. Exactly. Yes, they good did. Example. And yes, some they beautiful did. buildings yeah. as well. Yeah, well, they had a huge yeah. one in Nottingham that exactly. was in a lovely building. It's a lovely building. Um, but they don't, that's the point. That's where I would say the distinction is between someone mm. like Selfridges, who are very customer driven in terms of experience. Like, yeah, mm. personal kind of, well, it is cu- customer service, isn't it? It's, it's knowing who their customer is, mm. even though they have a wide base. It's still about what they offer. The conventional kind of department store. What did they, what do they offer? What mm. did Debenhams mm. offer? It's what true did... because the the prestige that goes alongside visiting Selfridges when Harrods, you some Harrods, yeah. yeah, Harvey Nichols, yeah, Fortnum and Masons, which is oh, one of my absolute favourites. But then they are high end retail, aren't they? I think that's the difference, that's, isn't that's it? And I think high end retail I, for me for me it's about it's mm. about the level of service that you get. Yeah, and I love a shopping experience when you get a high quality level of personal service like your own butler <laughs> yes or my pa when i send <laughs> yeah. him out to get things for me yes mom um i think that that's different and i don't think that's actually got anything to do necessarily with the setting um, yes maybe i suppose that was, a, um, that was a good sound. That's, that's way my brain slowing down. That's way my brain I was coming back from the medieval times. <laughs> um, it's. I think it does have some element of design because if you look at those establishments, though, mm. there is always innovation within them. There is. There is always something changing, something happening, especially right now. Selfridges are brilliant at having like. I don't want to. I don't want to say pop-ups because like that's that's easy out. But being innovative in terms of how they attract. They are not just their main core customer, but their wider. But then they've always been like that. When you think about the facade and the window displays that they have, that's it. That's They're always it. at the forefront of the design. innovation. That's design, isn't it? I think it's really interesting that you've got Selfridges mm. and Harrods, and you've got Fortnum and Masons, who are high end. But in order to stay high end, you are yeah. always innovating. You're always doing things better than other people. That's why, like anything in retail, you're always going to have. But a then high that's end, why they're still end. successful. Yeah, that's why they can outlive it. Yeah, yeah, that's why they've avoided. And in some in some ways, they've actually decided to kind of take that mantle on of of being the innovators in retail. Mm. And and I think that's that's something that I think you're starting to see in terms of a tri- triple down, trickle down. Triple yeah, back? I get what you're Triple saying, back. yeah. Effect where other retailers need to start looking at it. Mm. Um, what is interesting though, I just I mean I've just come across an article that says um, in South Korea there's this brand new Hyundai Seoul mm. mall in South Korea. It's the future of retail design. So they're actually building a new shopping mall. Obviously it's a wider extension of Yes of the department store but you have a situation where in america a lot of the malls are closing down in the same way that we've lost a lot of shopping um but it's really interesting that the way they've approached this is obviously tapping into the again the personal experience mm. of going there because you're not just going there for the retail you're going there for the, yeah, the, the experience you're going there for mm. much much more and i think that's what our department stores simply, yeah, simply weren't doing because they were they weren't innovating, were they? I don't think. No. When you talk about that one, 
Mm. Is that a comp? Is that a sort of like a complex of retails, retail stores, or is it? It is just one in particular. It is. This is so. This is a multi-use mall, so it's going to have lots of different things going on in there. And I think that's it. There's a lot of things going on. There's lots of different things that you can do in terms of restaurants. I'm guessing. Because that's yes. another key factor that brings people in. And we do still have them in this country because we've got Blue Water, which is in Danny Kent. Yes. Um, we love, have the Trafford Centre over in Manchester. Yeah. There's Metro Centre up in the northeast. Yeah. There's Meadow Hall in yeah, Sheffield, Sheffield. Which again are, are, are doing that, but I, I still don't think some of them are. No. While they've got all the kind of retailers there, mm. the retailers themselves in there, are still not innovating in the same way I would. No, and I think it's coming to a really key turning point now because people that are not doing it are going to fall under. Mm. And people that do take it on are going to, you know, grab the ball by the horn, so to speak. I agree. I think, I think it's all about, from what I've kind of picked up on, I think it's very much about experience. Mm. And I don't even think it's a personalised experience, even though I think that's part of it because it's what you as a customer can get from a brand yeah i think it's more about what also the brand can do for you yeah as a customer yeah and i've got i mean i've got a couple of good examples here where's one of them let's have a look so adidas have just opened one of their most digital stores they say which is in london Hmm. and so this is a flagship store for adidas yeah and it is littered with digital options so i've heard all, I've, I've read about this yeah so there's all kinds of things going on in yeah. this store it's not just about product it's about technology it's about but i think that's the balance isn't it there's a balance there yeah in terms of success yeah there's got I, I think there's got to be a balance between physicality and digital sequencing there there is and it's how much of it is still retail Yes. And how much of it is virtual. Virtual. And how much of it is, yeah, doesn't actually doesn't actually involve buying anything. Because I know in the Adidas store, and also there are other stores doing it, where you buy there, but you mm. buy digitally. You don't buy that at blows the my store. mind. Mm. Does it you know why like why like I'm what well, I'm curious to know, why would you go to a store to buy it online. I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know. I find that really, really Bizarre. intriguing. There must be something drawing you to that space. Yeah. There's got to be an alternative motive. And is that the, that's the experience. Yeah. That's the design of the experience that's in the store. Because as a designer, as a retail designer, there are certain principles that you stick to in terms of planning out a space for retail. And one of them is that sequential experience that you're providing. So you're looking at how the... Formulaic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So you're looking at how the customer will move through the space. You are the one that's directing them through that space. So there's got to be the same principles in terms of the approach and design. Mm-hmm. I agree. Even if it's... I agree. If the physicality is removed. It's... Yeah. Retail I, is in the detail. <laughs> it, I, I mean, it is. But then... When I was reading about Adidas, and I was looking at Nike as well with their new flagship stores, which mm. are very, very digital, there's very little product in them as well. So it's not even as if you're going in 
Uh, and exploring the product and then going, okay, I'll order that on my phone and then it's there when I get home or in a couple of weeks. They're not even actually engaging in that much product. It really is almost an, an immersive brand mm. experience, which is, which is not retail, is it? It's not retail. No, it's kind of bordering exhibition. And like we were talking about curating. Mm. It's something it's something else. It is something entirely different. Mm. For sure. Um what else you got? I've got a few examples on my list. Um I've got I can't pronounce the name. <laughs> it's a wine shop and it's designed by Suko's studio. Divino uh Viadas. 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 Yes, we will put an example up, um, okay, an image up, because you, you need to see it. And it's basically, it's, it's a wine selection display. Um, and the way that the space has been designed, it's focused on the arches. And it's, it's constructed out of MDF, varnished MDF, mm-hmm. but it's trying to mimic the view of looking into a wine glass. Right. So you have to see the images to That's kind of really... depict... But when you when you're talking about how you just you know, I mean, my eyes are closed when I'm drinking. <laughs> if I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm. Well, the next time you've got a wine glass in front of I you, you'll look through it. Cool, but doesn't that depend on your wine glass as well? True. So many questions about it, but carry on. But yeah, it's it's a really nice example, and I think that is sort of at the pinnacle of what you're talking about in terms of how retail designers are moving forward, and it's becoming. It's becoming more about the design of the space than it is the product itself. Yeah, is it is it engagement with the product, but not as you exactly as you know it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely more. It's that kind of. It is engagement with product, but on a brand level rather than an actual physical. Yes. Look at this dress, or look at this whatever it is. Yeah, because you wouldn't look when you see this image. You wouldn't look at this and think that's a wine shop. shop. They're mm. selling wine there. And I think that's something that um, that draws people in. You know, people go for the experience as opposed mm. to the product. Um, on on that basis, then, do we think? Because it's obviously a very specialist area of interior design. Mm. Um, do you think that's becoming a whole different area to learn to design for than it yes. ever was before? Because retail's always had a slightly separate kind of specialist approach to it but now more than ever could you as a conventional interior designer i think it's quite hard to approach a retail project what do you think i think it depends i think it depends on your versatility and how open-minded you are and whether you're prepared to work with people that know that specialist area like vr specialists but that's it, isn't it? There's the layers potentially now that yes. are coming into retail from what I've seen anyway. That, like, I think of myself and all the stuff I learned when mm. I was a student and obviously what I, I've previously done experience wise. And I just think, I think it's becoming a, a very specialist area of interiors, like almost that it, it, it probably wants its own course. I wouldn't necessarily say you could cover now no. on a traditional interior design course retail no, in that no, conventional no sense no. because it's so, it's asking you for so much more it is and I think that's a really fascinating point to get to mm. from a designer's point of view 
I think in order to be successful, yeah, definitely. Because if you look at some of the studios that are around, and we talked about some of them when we mm. we've talked about other things, it's having that very expert knowledge now to provide something that isn't that conventional. Yeah, it'll always be like, you know, Marks and Spencer's probably, um, where you stack it all and, and, and sell it because there's a real problem. There's a real retail design <laughs> problem. Apologies to Marks, Marks and Spencer's. And but You've just alienated a whole lot of people, haven't you? There? I know, but... Um, but it's true, though. Again, that's a, that's a company. That's exa- that's a, they're a really good example, actually, mm. of a company that's steeped in tradition, that's always had a good core place in the market with a, a customer loyalty. They are, and they they are always going to have that customer loyalty. Aren't are they? But yes. are they? Are they? Are they banking on that? Because who is that generation of? It depends where next, the generation goes. That's like what you I, say, that's there's what a certain I mean, generation. If you're not taking them with you, then you yes. and you're not innovating. Yeah. Then where do you go? Because I think John Lewis are at risk of that. Mm. Again, from from talking, they're one of the few now department store like that are outside of the kind of big luxury ones. Mm. That I don't think like I've gone in the one in in Nottingham, and it's some interesting Mm -hmm. things they've got going on. Like they've got a little Nespresso bar thing now with the branding of that. But I wouldn't say there's any real innovation going on in the store. No. And so again, it feels very much like you are investing purely on brand loyalty. But what are you doing to to what win over the do- brand loyalty? Yeah. Or what are you doing to appeal to a different audience? I think to make sure that you a new audience. Yeah, that you yeah, that your brand spans the the mm. you know time. There's, there's a really good example of that, which is Tiffany's. Now yeah. we all know Tiffany's. We've all had breakfast there. Um, <laughs> And I think they are in a, an interesting position because they obviously have a particular customer base and it's mm-hmm. high end and it is what it is. And it's always been traditional. But they are aware that if that generation, you know, the, the kind of children of the parents and the grandparents as it were, are not coming through in the traditional sense, where do you get that? And what they did, they created a pop-up store in mm. Covent Garden. I don't think it's still there, actually. But it was done in a completely different way to the traditional Tiffany jewelers. They, for a start, they had a vending machine in there where you can literally just put your money in, or your card probably, um, and have small items, so like little bookmarks, See, little awesome. charms. So you're appealing or, yes. or retailing to a completely, then, in a completely different way to a different audience. Yes, and that is the beauty of a pop-up. And placing a pop-up like Tiffany's in a location like Covent Garden in terms of the people and the audience that it's going to attract yeah. is just spot on. But that's, and that's it. And I thought it was a, it's a very, very clever piece of mm. design because they've also got small items there, which, again, is not as expensive just to introduce you yeah. to the brand. And, again, it's building a new customer base. It that is, go, and that's Actually, the idea. I love the product, yeah. and now I'm getting, kind of, I'm getting older I, I like that they introduced because I can't ever see Tiffany's shops not being no. necessarily the way they are. But you need to pull in of course you do. that new generation, don't mm. you? And engage with them in a different way. Because this comes back to marketing as well in terms of how that overlaps with brand experience. Which is why I think a lot of interior design in retail has gone very social media driven orientated. Mm. Like we talk about restaurant design. We all we've mm-hmm. all heard of the Instagrammable walls yes. where you mm. wings behind you, God knows what else. Mm. Um, that you're taking pictures of. 
but it's <laughs> but it's that it's the promotion of you are doing their marketing yeah for them because of the design within the store and i think if you look at virtual reality and augmented reality i think that's becoming very much yeah, I mean, who's going to Insta when they go in when they went into Debenhams last? Whoa. Oh, nobody. I think that's it, though. I think yeah. people, I think people of a certain generation are looking for Instagram, Instagrammable spaces. Yeah, it's all about their own content, and yes, they are then publicising someone else, yeah. but they don't mind because it no, makes them also look because cool. it's all part of that influencer yeah. joined up experience. I love the fact as well that again, go back to the sports brands um, like Nike, where you can now go in and have bespoke versions. They also do limited drops, which is a big thing, yeah. I think, for retailers as well, because you create that scarcity. Hmm. But that just feeds into the kind of narrative that they are looking to, to create. And that does mean the bespoke element. Because 20 years ago, maybe a bit more than that, but you would never have thought somebody like Nike would be doing custom-made trainers in the, in the traditional sense of, like, where I'd go and have a custom-made suit. Mm. Very nice. But trainers? Why would I do that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, but I think it's coming back to like what you said. It's reflective of people wanting to promote themselves, because people are so focused on how they look, how they perceived on social media. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go and have your your own night trainers custom made? Exactly. Why not? It's personal expression, isn't it? Yeah. And, and surely it's particularly streetwear in that sense. Yeah. Is the ultimate personal expression. Who wants to wear the same suit as everybody else? Mm. In that sense. But people do, because that's a type of thing, isn't it? But certainly, we're try- I love the, is it, I think it's, they call it the something lab, and I can't remember, I've written it down somewhere, but I've got that much paper, I can't find it. But it, <laughs> but it is the fact of you, you are going in and you can specify. They also have the running lab, so you can test oh the my. equipment. Yeah. So you go in and you can try them on and you can like, you, they measure your See, gait. See, that, and that all in that itself yeah, yeah. is creating an experience, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for the it's serious just people, something for different. Mm. It's the two sides, though, isn't it, of the brand there? Because mm. it's like the street aspect, the fashion element of it, where you and can, then the serious, like the running. This, this, so they are, you know, and that's a wide range of people. Yeah. Yet as a brand experience, they are nailing it because they yeah. are still pulling in the right people because mm. they're doing things in the store mm. that is relevant to those people, and everyone is having a good experience with it, and then obviously telling their friends and everybody else. I do think it's really interesting, though. Um, do you think, if you were going to do interior design today, you were starting out on the journey, Yes. would you want to be a retail designer? I think there's a lot there to explore, yes. I mean, it's an area that really interests me, so... I think it's, yeah. I think it's always been one of the most interesting areas mm. of interior design. And I think the way that it's moving forward, it's just sort of at this transitional stage where there's so many different possibilities... It's not easy though, is it? No, it's not, it's not think, an easy sector. No, and I think that's there's a lot it, of considerations. Yeah. Hard. yeah, it is hard. That's what I think the challenge is. But then maybe it's not for people that are just starting out. Maybe it's for people that have got more experience. Maybe or... not. But then I would argue if you look mm. like I've got a lot of stuff here that talks about Generation Z, but then also you've got Generation Alpha yeah. who are coming through, and they are digital natives. Yes. And I would argue that they may well have the kind of skills. Yeah, that's true. Or the exposure. I mean, we're, we're dinosaurs compared to them. Right? I mean, I'm practically on the antiques roadshow. Um, it's the digital. <laughs> digi- well, it's true story. <laughs> it's the digital skills that they will have that's yeah. already half, half the design battle. 
I know. I mean, my daughter's got more digital skills than I have. Yeah, to, I know. It? My son does things with a telly that I didn't even know were possible. <laughs> you knew that. Indeed. <laughs> um, I, and I find that really interesting because they're all, they are, I would see they are already prepping themselves. Yeah. Because they are the customer base that we're designing or going to be designed yes. for anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'd be really interested to see how they approach design because I would assume they would want it to be a lot more interactive, a lot more innovative. So maybe, yeah. maybe. But then are those key underlining principles, where do they sit, where do they fit into the new retail designer? The fundamentals of design. Yes. Where does that sit within? I don't know if they exist anymore, I'll be honest with you. Because <sighs> that is an interesting debate. Do they even mm. exist in a, in a, like a kind of immersive interior yeah i mean it's it's looking at the combining the architectural elements with ar to create immersive modern retail experiences mm. yes. and i don't know i'm just uncomfortable with the whole thing of not of losing yeah it's i think well i think <laughs> yeah, just yeah <laughs> just yeah it's the future it's the future but that's the difficulty isn't it of of that's why I think it's such a, like Amy said, it, it's a challenging mm. area because, it, particularly for established designers, because it's a comp- in some ways it's a completely new way of thinking and approaching the, the project because it's maybe, it's maybe not about lying. Bear with us, Joe's just having Choking. some sort of I, was just a, I was just having a drink. <laughs> the future has broken her. <laughs> um, do you, do you use those fundamental skills? I'm designing a project at the minute and I mm. don't think I've actually used the conventional set of... Well, it depends what your conventional set of principles are. Like, the one thing I would say, you look at form and you look at space, they're always going to be there, no matter what you're designing. Because mm. it is what it is, isn't it? And then, you know, I mean, one of the things for me, especially for retail design, is how do you slow down that customer journey? How do you slow down the customer so that they immerse themselves into that yeah, space? not just in and out. So it's not like, yeah, I mean, go, you know, going back to the key principles about form, I think for me, that is one of them. And then thinking about that, like I say, that's keeping going with that sequential experience. But that's defining your space. But they don't. That's where other things come in. So it's not just about retail, though, is it? No. Because like I've got, I've got one here where it's where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here's one I made earlier. Yeah, well, yeah it is very much more like I made earlier. Oh no, it's not. It's over there. <laughs> I will find it. Um, it's Louis Vuitton. Yes. And they've opened their first ever luxury restaurant in Japan. Yes. And I've think, seen this. And I think this is a really good example of the fact that it's not about shopping anymore. Mm. No. It's not about retailing the conventional things. But is, then it's the brand, isn't it? It's the Louis Vuitton brand. It's the brand, but this is the point of what you're asking what's making people stay and stop yeah. and engage in the experience. It's the other elements. That's mm. where your traditional fundamental skills as an interior designer mm. still come in. Because a bar or a restaurant is still a bar and a restaurant. Mm. And how you design that is not going to change. It's the other bits Functionally. around that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. That's a true right. story. And I, I like the fact that, they, and they're not the only one, there is a few of them starting to do it yeah. because they've obviously realised 
this is a good thing because hey we can make more money and actually we can get people to linger yeah. hey and actually they're ordering it on their phone and they've had three glasses of wine now yes and uh, they're probably yes. going to buy five handbags they don't need see i come across, when i was looking into this and looking into retail design or reading articles about retail um i came across omni-channel marketing mm. as a method blows um, your mind that does huh it blows your mind yeah and i i mean this is the first time i've sort of come across it where businesses are promoting the products and services across all the channels. So it's going back to that sort of digital platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and it, essentially is there is it's to reach a different customer audience, isn't it? So a lot of design studios now are working with omni-channel marketing specialists to implement those strategies into their brand, you know, and their brand identity and their designs. Yes, I agree. Shall we explain what omnichannel is? Yes, go please. For <laughs> Just for Amy. <laughs> for the mentally challenged among us. Um, it is, is it? where, well, it's due purpose. So it's it not is. just... Many specific. channels. I think it, well, it's a method, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's mainly across the two. So you have a physical space mm. and you have a digital space. And it's how those two sit together. Come together. That's exactly it. The future. <laughs> the future. <laughs> and I think... Right now. But that proves the point though, isn't it? Who is, that is, if you're designing a physical space, you're still thinking about a digital space that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Because it's, but it's an extension of the actual, the the actual retail experience still. Because again, if you have a really bad website, Mm. it doesn't matter how good the store is or how exciting it is or all the cool things you're doing in there. If you can't shop properly still, Mm. off the... Uh, Yeah. <laughs> what difference does it yeah. make? You know? It's a true story. I do I do like that principle though, because um where where some of the retailers that I've I've, I've read about are mm. very good at now is what they're doing is you know obviously like people like Amazon obviously you can have the drop boxes and things like that. But for some of them, they are only deliverable to store. So you order online, mm. you have to come in I don't the, get that. Into the brands. Well think about it. Okay, so it's bringing you into the store. It's bringing you in. But then if you're shopping online. Yes. And then they're making you come into the store. Leave your house. So who does that? Do you, <laughs> do, you do that? No, I wouldn't do that, but then I'm quite lazy, so. Because I just think, if that was me, I just think, well, I either order it online and get it delivered to me, or I just go to the store. But I think for, for some of these brands, and I am talking again, some no, I do get it. Brands. I do get. I do get it. Yes, they will make it available for limited stuff mm. because oh, okay. it's seen as a special yeah. thing. So you can only come and get it. You can, they won't deliver it to, to you. To be fair, record they will only... stores often do that. If you order something through somewhere like Rough Trade, you have to. You order it online, and you have to go into Rough Trade and pick it up. Mm. Mm. And I and I and I get that because again, it's quite clever because it builds again into that yeah. whole like, come into store and then actually when you're in the store. There's other mm-hmm. things going on. It's not. It's still not about retail, but it's about getting you to see what's going on. And especially if you are now in a semi-digital store where there are lots of things where they are changing constantly, there's actually always something to see when you come back mm. because you've got yes. the ability to keep changing it yeah. up. Whereas if you design a store very statically, you go back to Marks and Spencers as an example of wow, that. Wow, you really bash your Marks and I Spencers. I am. I am. I am. I'm, what a shame. This is me. <laughs> This is not any any. podcast. Podcast. This is a Marks and Spencer's bashing podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 
I was going to say an S and M one, but that's not right. <laughs> no, that's not right. That's, that's no, definitely that's the right. wrong podcast. <laughs> Join us after hours <laughs> for the awkward corner S and M version. <laughs> I know Every time we wrap this up, hey? <laughs> I know what I was trying to say. Um, yeah. We get what you're trying to say. <laughs> That's a physical static space. Once you've designed it, they don't change it. Yes. So what's the point of going back? And what's the point of going back? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the, and, Unless and you a, are a tradi- traditionalist. Yes. And, and want that and yeah. comfortable. And there'll always be a small market for that, no matter what, I think. Yeah. Because people have habits and that's an habitual thing, isn't it? To some mm. degree. Because it's familiar and people like yeah. that. And they don't want the change. So I think it's a really, really interesting and challenging period for retail design and i personally am very excited to see where it goes because i don't think there's any other sector maybe no. exhibition is but then i think retail similar, and exhibition do have different very things. Yeah. similar different, links yeah. but it's an exciting time because i think it's no longer about the four walls anymore it's about so much more and i'm really interested to know how you begin to start designing for that if you, especially if you're starting out, because I think there's so much opportunity mm. to do so much more than just put a space together. It's the fifth dimension. Ooh. I like that. I do have one last example. Go on then. Um, which is a, a company called, a design studio called Blink, mm-hmm. who are completely retail focused. They are a design agency, but they also specialize in omni-channel marketing. Um, and one of their most recent projects is um, the ABBA, they're responsible for the ABBA Museum. Oh, okay. And yeah. they've done wow. it to appeal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm lo- no, I'd just stay with me here. Just stay no, with I'd me. I'd love to go. Um, I won't have you bashing ABBA as well. <laughs> they've added, I mean, this is just, this kind of encompasses what you've been talking about because they have added the broader contemporary pop culture context to the museum experience. Um, in order to make that destination more appealing to the younger audience who won't, who will not be familiar with ABBA, I don't believe that anyone's not familiar with ABBA. Well, my mind, you know. <laughs> Did I ever let you go? Anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, blah, retail, yeah. But have a look Isn't at it. Great. Have a look at the example. No, because they do, and they they're using AR and they're using technology and they're using omni-channel marketing so that it filters through to the younger generation. Mm. For example, using AR for their Instagram and Snapchat filters. So lots of this. Multi-platform. It is. Yeah. So it's not just about ABBA in a museum. It's the whole experience. Immersive experience. Yeah. And they've got merchandise. So it's a a multifaceted space. Are you listening, Mother? Because you're going to love this. (laughs) (laughs) You can all the websites. You can buy memorabilia there. So it's not just about what they're exhibiting. Consumerism. Exactly. It's into consumerism. So yeah, I'll just thought I'd you know pop that one in there. I'm glad you did. Mm. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Um, thank you. Thanks for listening. Really, I think it is a, is a really interesting topic retail design. I think you could talk forever and ever and ever about this because it is constantly changing. Mm. Um, let us know your thoughts if you have opinion on what you think retail is going to be like, or if you're interested uh, maybe in discussing retail with us. We always like to know what you're thinking. Um, contact us awkward at nda.ac.uk um, or follow us on Instagram at the National Design Academy um, and if you can like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from because we really and review. appreciate Please. that that's the one to do <laughs> um, and on that note we'll say goodbye 
Bye. Bye bye. Then I have a look you come. <laughs>